0: Hey, how's it going? It's your man, Christopher the Ruple. And if you're hearing this, you're probably like, oh, wait, why, why is there a weird intro here? Well, uh, before Drunken Book Club became what it is now, where we get drunk, talk about kids' books and other such things, the original Drunken Book Club was this style and format, where I used to read, like, almost like five books, like three to five books in a month, and I wanted to talk about them, but I was very... What's the word? Uh, shy didn't think I was like smart enough to actually talk about these books without getting drunk first and having a jovial time about it. So this is where the this incarnation of drunken book club is. There's about a couple handfuls of the handful uh, of, of, of these episodes. I think they're fun. I did not want to get rid of them when we became drunken book club, originally speaking of which. Um, so here it is enjoy and these are the new socials dbc underscore pod for the twitter account and our new patreon is patreon.com slash drunken book club think about supporting us it it may uh improve further stuff yada 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 okay uh bye Hey, it's your host, Christopher the Ruple, and it's time for Drunken Book Club Volume 5? Maybe it's 6. I'm drunk. I don't remember. I'm, 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 I'm not necessarily drunk yet. I'm kind of on the... I'm definitely on the head, the heady part of it, you know, where you feel it in your head, you know? But, um, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm drunk. Uh, so, let's get through with my pre-game drinks and drinks in general. And on this episode, I made a kind of a weird concoction because me and Joe last week did a kind of weird drunk podcast uh, with Sam being the sober one. And we went to Total Wine and I picked up just a, a party pack of 99 flavors. If, if you know what, it's, it's the brand 99 whatever, you know, 99 watermelon, 99 banana, that kind of thing. And I just have a... I don't have a buttload, but I have a lot of, of those left over. And I was like, oh, I should mix it with some other alcohol. You know, make it a little extra powerful. And I'll just say, it's a bit of a mistake. I mixed a pineapple one with a Long Island iced tea and put a little bit of my grape Mio in there. And it's... It's okay. Oh, it's a bit on the strong side for my taste. But that's my pre-game drink it is it's less pre-game and more I had some and now I'm like I, I'm like already feeling it so I'm like well time to record <laughs> and then my other drink my backup drink is a I'm using another 99 flavor see 99 espresso I think is what it's called or espresso because I think it has actually it has X's in there if I remember I made a coffee with it so I just mixed coffee put a little bit of almond milk, in there uh, I haven't tried it yet but I'm gonna go ahead and take a sip of it now just to see how it tastes that's pretty good I can I can taste the alcohol in there but it's not as bad as the other one I was about to say I might actually be sipping on this one while the other one is just like getting watered down in the corner yeah I even brought a um, whatever the Splenda, I have generic Splenda Yeah, I just got that just in case if it wasn't, like, up to code. (laughs) Up to code. Up to, like, my flavor taste. But, you know, this is a pretty decent one. It tastes like coffee. That one is pretty decent. I definitely feel the effects of of the alcohol now. So, I was about to say, so on this, it's been a while. I was about to say, I didn't do one last month, right? Yeah, I don't think I did. I, I can't remember if I did or if I didn't. But this time around, I have a couple books here that were... They're pretty different. I'll tell you that much. Um, I only read three this time. I'm not including... Like I said on the last one, I'm not including the comic books. Because I don't feel I can really critique comic books well. I I still haven't gotten that down to a knack. But if you really want to know what comic books I read last month... Um, did I even read any? I don't... I've, I've been reading some off of um, the DC Nation app. Like, I've been trying to understand uh, the, I- not Identity Crisis, Infinite Crisis, and trying to get, like, all of that, like, over-encompassed into reading. But I'm having some difficulties because I'm missing some issues of certain comics part of it. We'll see if I finish Infinite Crisis or not, but I started reading that one. I really liked it. I'm starting to read Animal Man, the one by Jeff Lemire. And that one's pretty freaking good. Like, I started reading it when it first came out, and it just wasn't my thing. I think I was just a little too young and was just like, ugh, the art's ugly. Ugh, why does it, why does the kid have a mullet? Ugh. You know, stupid stuff like that. But, like, I definitely put art in the background now and mainly focus on the story. So, there's kind of my opinion on Animal Man. But to get to the actual books I'm reading. So, here is my, this is pretty much my nice way of saying, spoiler alert for three books. All of which are pretty damn old, actually. Um, the one that's probably the youngest got printed in the 80s, I believe. So, there's that. So, the first book I, so the three books I read were Johnny Got His Gun by Dalton Trumbo, Deviant by Harold Schechter, and The Pigman by Paul Zindel. I read this one in a hurry, but I really liked it. I, uh, I'll just say up front, I really enjoyed all three of these books, so if you have like any concerns or anything of like, oh, he's going to spoil it or anything like that, which, I mean, I was about to say, Johnny God is going to out in the 30s, Deviant came out in the 90s or 80s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, let me double check real quick. 1989. Deviant came out in 1989. And The Pigman came out in 1968. So if you're worried about spoilers, well, you know what? You had from the time you were born to this point in time now to read those books. Because I'm pretty sure I don't got anybody who's older than fucking 30 listening to us. If you're older than 30, let me know. I'm actually pretty interested in knowing what you think about listening to a person who is younger than you talking to you and being like, Hey, he's not bad. He can be pretty funny sometimes. I just want to know. I just want to know. You can contact me either by emailing me at the underscore Rupel, or sending me a message on Twitter or Instagram at the underscore Rupel or at SOW underscore podcast. Shameless plugs out of the way. So the first book I read was Johnny Got His Gun. This one... I'm not gonna lie, it was a really hard one to get through because it's so fucking depressing. If you don't know any, and, and for what it's worth, I've never seen the movie. I kind of went off of I, I kind of went with wanting to read this one for a couple of reasons. One, I actually wanted to start reading it on Veterans Day to be ironic and be stupid like that, but I had the wrong book. And secondly, I just. I like anti-war message books and because for what it's worth, I'm kind of anti-war. You know, that's, that's just me. I'm not one of those. I, I, I kind of have a fear of being, being put into the battlefield and shit like that. I mean, why lie? War is worse than hell. To quote M.A.S.H., war is worse than hell because innocents are killed and innocents are tormented, not just people who deserve it, like in hell. Let's get that out of the way. I'm not a big fan of hell. or (laughs) I'm not a big fan of war. Or hell for that matter. But Johnny got his gun. If you don't know anything about it. A quick overview of it is. It's the literal. It's the mind of a man. Who has lost all of his. Pretty much bodily functions. He can't do anything. He has no limbs. like No arms. No legs. He has no mouth he cannot speak he has no nose he can not smell his eyes were blown away from they, they never explain wow but it's probably from a mine or some gas attack and he cannot hear anything he only sense vibrations his only sense is of is of touch and he uses the sense to kind of you know, eventually get used to his surroundings and start understanding what day it is and stuff like that. It's a really depressing tale of how one... It goes into his life and backstory on certain chapters, kind of relating to what the events are happening at the moment. But without a doubt, this is a depressing tale of one man's kind of journey into trying to know what the fuck is going on with himself and him not finding this out until close to the end and knowing that he can't do anything about it. Like spoiler alert right here right now. If you've never seen the movie or want to and if you want to read this book, I I'm just going to say it up front, read this book. If you were a person who is anti-war, read this book. If you're somebody who's like kind of lenient on that kind of stuff, read this book. It's a depressing tale that's Without a doubt exemplifies why it's wars just shitty. <laughs> you know, it's not just the soul of, it's 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 pretty much like you know, there's never just the bad guys who get wounded. It's our own people and our own people barely get taken care of. and when they do get taken care of, it's like what kind of life are they actually living? It's a situation that's depressing without a doubt. you know, Johnny got his gun it's a really sad fucking book I broke down in tears at least more than once in this one and it's definitely, if you're somebody who has a hard time just reading like sad things you might want to skip it but I think it's it's definitely worth every second of your time like the impact it made on me to be like, we need to be thinking about not, not just of like land and country he's thinking about everybody who's affected by the war you know like the people who are wounded and shit not just our own soldiers but even on the other side if you think about it it's just like you know some of these people aren't actually living anymore you know because of this fucking shit and like hell i'll go downtown now and see people who are veterans and they're not living a good life Like, I know a lot of Vietnam and Korean veterans from my theater, and a lot of them were lucky not to be maimed or scarred by this, by that war. And I look at people from, like, the golf, I was about to say the golf links, no, the golf war, and, like, they were lucky not to be kind of fucked up as as some of them were, you know? There's actually a golf, a golf war syndrome. I I would have to look more into it, but I don't remember much about it, but I know there is something like that, and it's just... Whew. (sighs) That's the coffee on that one, right? (laughs) But without a doubt, this is a depressing tale. You know, it's... if, If... if you're not into anti-war messages, obviously, don't read it. You're like, if you're pro-war, don't read this book. I'm going to say it up front. Like, don't be stupid to oh, This is fucking stupid. This guy got it. But yeah, at the same time, I almost want to recommend it to those kinds of people. Because it's got such a strong message behind it. Just going into the mind of a man who can't can't do anything. He can literally just, you know, it isn't until like close to the end of the book... He's able to try to, um like, literally he's banging his head up against his, up against, like, his pillow, trying to do a Morse code message of, like, SOS, SOS, and, like, no one seems to get it immediately, and there's, like, it, it, it's literally not until the second to last chapter, or even the third to last chapter, that they finally get somebody who's like, oh, this is what's up with you, dude whoa, like, well, we can't tell people about you, because, well, we will lose recruitment. Sorry. And it's like, holy shit. Like, it's such a depressing ending. And you know what? If you want this kind of, a like, if you want to know, like, the basic logistics of this book, listen to the Metallica song called One. They literally base it off of this and the movie, and I'm just gonna say it up front, it's a good song, and it's they even, even got the rights to the movie, so they can actually use it for the music video, which is pretty cool on them, even though they're kind of shitty now. Sorry, Metallica, you kind of suck now, since the 90s. 89 was the last time they were good. God, and Justice for All. That was a good album. But Johnny got his gun is a book that I recommend to those who are definitely people who lean towards the left to kind of encapsulate how you feel and how the world around you kind of is. You know, the whole war situation. I mean, you know, it's kind of weird to even think about that. We're still in a time where war is going on, and there's still people who can end up like, you know, like that, you know, without any consciousness, almost nothing. They can be blown away, yet still be alive, and living through pretty much torment, and not being able to do anything. It's a depressing story, but I strongly recommend it. I strongly recommend it to people who are even pro-war, to even, to just be like, how can you support something when something like this could happen? and has happened! I mean, this isn't based on a true story, but this is based on events that Truman, has, he knew a lot of veterans who were going through shit like this. And hell you know, hell, even to this day, America doesn't support its fucking wounded troops that well. We'll dump them on the streets and leave them there to be fucked. It's, a, it's just a sad story, you know? Let's get into something more fun. You know, Johnny Guy's Gun, five out of five. This may be my most... This is probably my new favorite book I've ever read. It's just that beautifully done and just depressing as shit I've never read the I've never seen the movie so I can't compare the two so there we go that's kind of what I've been trying to do I'm trying to do something that's a little bit less about I'm trying to do more books that aren't based off of movies or movies I haven't seen and stuff so the, I mean the other two, other two books I've read aren't based on movies so hey there we go or have movies based off of them so deviant you're probably thinking yourself deviant what the fuck is this or you know exactly what i'm talking about deviant is the shocking true story of ed gein the original psycho it's kind of funny didn't i start this series off with reading psycho no no that was before i started this series so so i read psycho this last year i read psycho And I personally really liked it, but at the same time I felt it was really off from the Gein story From what I had known he wasn't like what he was in that book You know, it was kind of just based off of hearsay and stuff like that. Well Here is a book that I'm gonna say it up front if you're into serial killers and stuff Definitely check out Harry Schechter He has a couple different books. I actually have another one on my to read list It's actually my brother's book It's the one on, I don't remember who. I know I'm terrible. I'm just going to say it. My pile of books that I'm reading is about four feet tall. So don't get on my back of not knowing what what I'm supposed to be reading. So, but Harold Schechter has written a couple different other books. He's read The A to Z of Serial Killers and other stuff like that. I actually own another one of his books. It's, It's not on my bookshelf though. Hmm, peculiar, peculiar. I do not know where it is. But it, it, I think it's the A to Z of serial killers. I own that one as well. But this is what's the first book I've read all the way through. Because that one, I just kind of just skimmed through and was just like, oh, neat, that's cool. But this one, Harold Schechter creates a beautiful picture of what's going on. Not just in the mind, this douchebag, this douchebag, sorry. Of Just not of the mind of Ed Gein, but of the people around the county and even around himself, you know This is without a doubt a Masterfully crafted book by someone who not just writes nonfiction, but also writes really good true crime fiction Which I'm actually that might be one of the next that might be just a hint February might have one of his books another one of his books just so you know, maybe I mean, it's at the top of my book thing, but I might reach a little bit lower to get something else. But without a doubt, Harold Schechter, I don't know how to explain it, but he writes writes a book, wrote this book so... I I, I can't even describe it. I wish I I You know, last time I took notes, this time I didn't take notes. Because I thought I wasn't able to, like, convey everything properly. But this time around, I feel like I convey stuff. You know, I'm thinking to myself, oh, maybe I can convey it better. I wish I had taken notes of, like... Of stuff, but you know how, how in Amityville Horror he ended everything as being is almost like kind of like a twist ending or even something that makes you want to keep reading Harold Schichter definitely uses that trait of just like you know here let me read a last sentence as it turned out his remark would prove to be a significant understatement. Ta-na-na! You know, it's a lot of like moments in his writing but it it doesn't feel cliche like how Amityville did this one he only uses it kind of in certain areas and be like you know you want to keep reading you know (laughs) and without a doubt this is a really fucking good book I strongly recommend it to people who are fans of true crime uh, fans of just serial killer writing people who want to know more about the the person Ed Gein was like without a doubt he put Ed Gein's life really into perspective of just how much of a schlub and how much of a loser he kind of was of how his mother kind of held him back from being a normal person in society how these kind of things made a monster that was Ed Gein you know it's 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 almost it's almost kind of like uh what was it two episodes ago two episodes ago with my friend Dahmer about how, you know, at, at some points in their lives, without a doubt, these people had problems where they could have gotten shit fixed if the right people were there. But Edgeen's life was so fucked up by his mother by pretty much creating this idea that women are terrible people, that they're filled with sin and everything like that, and just ruined this man's life. Because in all honesty, Ed probably would have turned out to be normal if it wasn't for his mother. Like, little Eddie Gein could have been a normal, well, as as normal of a boy as he could be. I mean, he was definitely an off-putting character. Deviant just goes into the mind of Eddie Gein. and goes into the kind of prospect of, like, everything. How it affected not just him, but even where he lived, Plainfield. It was a very small town. And how his acts even affected that town of how they were kind of like, we don't want to become the sideshow attraction and stuff like that. And how the sheriff's department had to pretty much almost went like super, like they had to pay a lot of money because there's, there's a law in Wisconsin during that time where the people were, depending on what County you're in, you have to pay for half of the kind of, um, when they're trying to identify stuff, uh, like, oh God, I fucking. Kind of like CSI, that kind of thing, where the government will pay, like, the Wisconsin government will pay for half, but the county itself has to pay for the other half. And Plainfield is a very small county. Or not small, but, like, a very limited funded county. So you kind of see, you get their perspective of, like, Eddie Gein kind of fucked them over. Not just himself, but also that area. And without a doubt, I feel like Ed Gein is one of the most sympathetic serial killers out there. Like, he, you can definitely see where he could have been a normal person. Where he wasn't a malicious killer like Jeffrey Dahmer or uh, Ted Bundy or John Wayne Gacy or Charles Manson or any of those kind of people. You know, Eddie Wilkos. You know he's not like them he was just he had a certain thing he he had a sexual de- he was a sexual deviant that's I mean that's kind of the thing he was a he, it wasn't just that he was a deviant he was a sexual deviant he didn't understand how to express his sexual needs or even himself sexually and I feel like as a, like you know I I, I will say this up front Men, control your fucking dicks. Control your boners. Like I, I, I mean, I'm guilty of being a kind of terrible about that myself. Like I mean, I'm not raping people or being like, oh, I'm pushing my dick on you. But you know, when it comes to me and Sam, I'll be like, I'll be a horn dog sometimes, and she'll be like, not now. I'd be like, Arr. but you know, I control myself though. At the same time, you know, when she says no, I, I go to the other room and jack off. <laughs> But, you know, Ed Gein was a very difficult, different person, you know. His mom kind of said into him that premarital sex is one of the worst, or even living with a woman is one of the worst things you could do in life. And you're just, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this woman ruined this man's life. He could have been a pretty good person, you know. And he was. I mean, a lot of people speak highly of Ed Gein before his killings and before even knowing of his gruesome acts of grave robbing and mutilating corpses. Like, Ed Gein is definitely a figure that is effed up. Like, I'm I'm not gonna lie. I, I recommend Deviant if you ever want a Capelli case for Ed Gein, you know? He was... He definitely had a lot of screws loose. He probably, he definitely needed help. But coming from an, a small town, you can't get that kind of help in a small town. You can't go to a doc, a psychiatrist, and without people being like, "Oh, I can't believe this guy's fucking going to a fucking head shrink," and other stuff like that. And you know, I don't want to go too deep into it because I kind of went into it with the whole Ed King thing. Because you know what, I I, I relate to Dahmer. In his youth more than I do with Gein. I did not have an abusive mother like Ed Gein. But you definitely can tell the... The whole... You you can definitely feel sorry for Ed Gein. But once he started killing... You have to go... Why'd you do this, Eddie? I mean, he died in a mental institution. So... You know what? He ended... You know, he could have killed more. He could have ended up killing more people and stuff like that. And mutilating more corpses. But... He didn't, and for the most part, I feel like he did get better for the most, get better, you know? Not exactly 100%, you know? He was still a very different individual. But Ed Gein grew to an old age. I think he lived up until his 70s? I I have to double check the book. I'm going off of memory on this. 78 was when Ed Gein died. He was 78 years old. And he spent a good 20 years, like, 24 years, if I remember correctly, in a mental institution. And they even said that, like, he wasn't that bad compared to a lot of these people. And, you know, in all fairness, reading about him, I definitely do feel sorry for Ed. Like, he seemed like a decent person. You know, he was always helpful to his neighbors. He would always help out where needed. And, you know, he just seemed like an oddball. And... You can feel sorry for Ed Gein, but at the same time, you know that you shouldn't feel sorry for him. He had a lot of problems. You know, he killed. He only he only has two confirmed kills, but he has a lot of grave robbing on his template. So he has done some pretty effed up shit. I like that. It's effed up shit, fucked up shit, fuck fuck fuckity fuck fuck. I'm Richard Nixon. I think you should vote for me and not this Donald Trump character. I am not a crook. I don't know why he turned into boss Nass from Phantom Menace, but he did. But you know, definitely check out Deviant. It's a definite five out of five for me, for Deviant. For people who like true crime stories. And if you if I, I definitely recommend Deviant, yeah. Not for the faint of heart though. I will say that. Because there is a lot of... He does go into detail about the house and... Oh my god, that was a... That was definitely a... Woohoo, freak Shaw <laughs> I'm a freak! I'm Edward Gein, this is how I speak! I'm a little new man! <laughs> Actually, no, I think Ed Gein sounded more like... Oh, you know, you know, I used to speak pretty highly of him, but you know, it's is pretty funny, I... You know, Mary, she said, no, she's not dead. She's back at the farmhouse now, you know. (laughs) She's back there cooking me a meal. He was not a cannibal. (laughs) So let's get into the last book of the season or of the episode. The Pigman by Paul Zindel. If you've never heard of this one, I don't blame you. I picked this one up because it is a book that is under the let me double check something real quick. So the Pigman is one of those it's actually one of those books that's been banned. Uh, it's one of the most banned books in uh, libraries and classrooms across America. Um, why? Because it's so fucking depressing and it also shows a youth doing a lot of inappropriate things. but this is a great freaking book. If I was an English teacher in high school or even middle school, I would definitely have them re- read this book because it—it's it, hard to explain why it's so good, but the characters are very—they're realistic. That's what's really cool about. Them. Like, I, I'm actually without a doubt wanting to read more of Paul Zindel's work just because of how amazing his writing and prose is. His characters feel like actual teenagers, you know, like. I hate to be the person who's like I've got to compare and con- I have to compare my young adult fiction that I read. I read a lot of R.L. Stein young adult stuff. I mean, you guys, you guys know that. I've, I've said it before on the podcast. I read a lot of R.L. Stein, even though I've never brought him up in Dragon Book, Book Club except in October. I wonder why that is. Shh. It's. It, actually, I actually have a, I have a, I have an idea of what I kind of want to do with Fear Street, but. I don't know if I want to do it as a podcast or as a blog or what, but, you know, or a YouTube channel, but here, I, that's that's the that's hearsay, so. But, you know, where R.L. Stein's young adult books, they feel somewhat realistic, but they feel, like, PG realistic, where it's like, oh, I'm going to go over and make out with my girlfriend realistic. Paul Zendel has, both his main characters and my parents are there for me and they'll you know I don't tell them much but they're there for me still Paul Zendel's characters his teenage like let's just say it up front Lorraine lives with only her mother taking care of her because her father and mother divorced a long time ago and their her mother kind of instills this kind of threat of like men are disgusting pigs don't be alone with men and she's also kind of verbally abusive and she does show physical abuse near the end of the book. That is very realistic, you know. It shows the life of a single mother, you know. It can be difficult. She wants the best for her daughter, but at the same time... You need to be doing stuff for me. You got, you can't be out there smooching boys. Mm. You know, a very sinister mother character. And she's not there all the time. That's another thing I like. They don't go over crazy with the parents, but they do show that they are there... But they're not perfect that's my biggie because then you have uh the other because okay there's two main characters you have lorraine who is the girl character and then you have john (laughs) so pretty much it it goes between the it, it goes between these two characters of john and lorraine and one chapter will be john writing and the next chapter will be lorraine writing and but it continues the story, it never backtracks or anything like that. It just continues the story with one of them writing versus the other one writing. And that's actually one of the really that's something I really like about this book. It's just you don't see just one perspective, you see two perspectives because Lorraine and John are two very different people. Lorraine is a very kind of self conscious but also very you know intelligent woman, you know, she's very. If I have to compare her to someone, she's almost kind of like Hermione, where she's very intelligent, but she's very self-conscious and very realistic as a woman. Like, Lorraine's really well-written. I'm just going to say that. And then you have John, who is a very brash, you know, he's, he's a troublemaker. He's a very rabble-rouser kind of guy. And the basic plot is they meet, they, they meet a man named Mr. Pignotti, a.k.a. The Pig Man. One, because his name is Pignati. And two, because he also collects pig figurines. So they call him the pig man. They pretty much crank call him and then end up building a relationship around him. And they pretty much find out a lot of depressing things. You know, his wife had passed away many years ago. That's why he's so friendly to these two kids. You know, it's it's almost kind of... Uns- like, you almost feel like he's going to do something to Lorraine or John. But he never does that. Because Mr. Pignati is literally... The embodiment of a good person. He's just wanting friendship. And, you know, the events of the book, you know, there's a lot of good things that happen, you know, building up his relationship with these two teenagers. You know, almost like he has two kids. But eventually it starts going down, you know. There's pretty close to the end of the book, he has a heart you know, he notices that his 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 monkey friend. They they go to a zoo in near Staten Island. And he feeds a a, a baboon named Boo Boo, or uh, is that is that the name of the baboon? Is it Boo Boo? I'm double checking something real quick. Bobo, that's what his name was. Bobo the baboon. You know, he starts noticing that Bobo isn't eating anymore because he used to go to the zoo and feed him peanuts and stuff like that. And he noticed that he wasn't eating as much, and that kind of stems his kind of depression. But then you know, the kids try to cheer him up by playing, you know, playing on the rollerblades, roller skates with him. And he, they, they decided to play a game of tag. And unfortunately, he gets a heart attack during this event. And they have to send him to the hospital. And it's really traumatic. You're, you're thinking he's going to die at this moment. But no, he's doing fine. And then, you know, it, it goes up a bit. And they take care of his house. And they actually find out that they both kind of like each other, you know. Like, it's really touching that Lorraine and John... You almost pi- kind of pine for them to be a couple... But at the same time, you don't want them to be a couple because they're both not meant for each other in certain ways. And then, like, they throw a party without thinking. You know, John definitely is the one, is the main one who is just like, oh, we're going to throw a party. And Lorraine was, like, kind of apprehensive at first, but goes with him because she's, you can definitely tell throughout that she's, like, going by him because she's wanting to impress him and be, you know, a girlfriend kind of person, character for him. But he ends up getting back from the hospital in the middle of the party and this just breaks his heart that he could see them ruining his house and like there's another scene where another character is stealing stuff and like John's trying to stop him and then he ends up breaking stuff and Mr. Pignati sees all this and it just breaks his heart and the authorities are called and the authorities take both John and Lorraine back to their house and they're both strictly punished. We actually only see how Lorraine is punished by her own mother. By being slapped by her own mother and degraded, pretty much. It's pretty shocking, without a doubt. It's pretty depressing. But then, you know, they they try to reconcile their friendship with Mr. Pignati by not trying to end it on bad terms. So they decide to take him back to the zoo and, you know, see his favorite monkey, Bobo the baboon. But Bobo had passed away the week before. And that was kind of the last straw. You know, There, Mr. Pignani was just broken down in tears, crying. And then he slips, falls, and he passes away. And you really go through John's mind, because it, it, it's it's John's chapter at that point, And he's just, like, saying how we were no better than anyone in this situation. We were no better than any human seeing... How a crowd was gathering we were all baboons just watching to see something like this and it ends on a very sad note but it, it like there's there's no buts it, it's a very sad book like throughout it's it's showing that these characters do gain love for Mr. Picnati and Mr. Picnati loves them back you know as like a fatherly figure or even a grandfather figure and they betray his trust by using him so and so much even though Lorraine is like I don't want to use it but they end up using it and it's just heartbreaking when you think about it you know and they even realize themselves that like they can't be the ones it's they, they fucked up they fucked up this man's life they literally feel guilty for killing him and that's why they wrote this book technically to say we fucked up real hard on this like it's 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 a real it's a toughie the big man without a doubt like I'm actually tearing up and it, you can probably hear it in my voice of like the scratchiness that's kind of getting there of like I'm definitely feeling sad right now and yeah Paul Zindel wrote some fucking this, this is just one of the best books I've read in a while and I'm sad it was so short <laughs> Like, I almost wanted to end on a happy happy ending, you know? But I knew that that would have ruined the book if he had ended it on a happy ending. He, he didn't. He purposely made it a very sad ending. And that's why I love this book. It doesn't try to hide the fact that shit happens. and Bad things are going to happen no matter what. And it's going to end that way for you in, in a book. But... But you gotta always remember that there's always the light at the end of the tunnel and stuff like that. You know? The Pig Man is a definitely a great fucking book. And if I was an English teacher in high school or middle school, I would definitely have kids read this one. It's, it's a very easy one to read. It's only 150 pages long. 149, technically. I round it up. It's just a really freaking good book. It's relatable to English, like, to kids, you know? Like, I know I'm 20-fucking-7, but at the same time, I can tell when a book is well-written for teenagers, like, to try to relate to them how they are. This book did the right job, and did it freaking fantastic. Without a doubt, if I was a teenager- I wish I had read this one when I was in high school or middle school, because I think it would have changed my life. Like, I think I would have been like, holy shit, that was sad, but that was really freaking good. And... I'm actually probably going to read the sequel soon. Like, I want to keep reading about John Lorraine. I want to read the Pigman's Legacy and see where their lives go from there. And I also want to just read some more of uh, Paul Zendell's books. Um, The one that really caught my eye was Confessions of a Teenage Baboon. But, you know, there's other ones in there that make me go, I'm interested in this. You know, The Undertaker's Con Bananas. What's going on there? But The Pigman is a, even if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s or you're an old person, you know, read The Pigman. It's just a really freaking good book. I'm actually astonished that they haven't made it into a movie yet. And kind of, like, I feel like for a movie it could make for a really good cult classic. Without a doubt. So that's the end of Drunken Book Club. I tried to stay as positive as I could, because I read three depressing books this time around. It wasn't on purpose, I didn't realize, like, I mean, I knew Johnny Got His Gun was gonna be sad. I knew Deviant was gonna be a very mind, not mind-blowing, but a very cerebral story. But I definitely didn't think The Pigman was gonna be as depressing as it was. But, thank you for joining me this week, this month, on Drug Book Club. If you have any books to recommend, leave a comment on SoundCloud or even, hell, I'll tell you what, if you leave a good review on iTunes, five stars is appreciated, and leave a book title, I'll definitely get to that book either within the month or two month period because, well, I mean, kind of depends on how I read it and stuff. I don't check the reviews too often because I don't get that many. We don't get too many. Thank you for joining us. Follow me at the underscore... Or wait, no. Like this podcast on SoundCloud. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps us out. Um, You can find us on SoundCloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Spotify, and Google Play. So check us out on any of those four platforms. And just... Leave a review on any of them or a heart or five stars, you know, whatever you can. It helps people find us and it really, it, it really does help. We do get, like, for what it's worth, I know there's a lot of listeners out there listening to, I mean, me and us all together. And I just want to say, thank you. It really does mean a lot. Like, it probably, you know, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's a podcaster. He doesn't really actually care about us. No, I really do. Like, if people actually spoke with, like, commented or anything like that, I would definitely respond. You know, even in a negative way, I'd be like, you know, thank you for taking the time for, you know, leaving a review. We'll try to improve, you know, if you want to keep listening. But if not, we're probably still going to do the same thing. But, you know, it, it's greatly appreciated to everyone from America to Germany to any, every country that listens to us. You know, there, we have listeners across the world, you know, all around the world, really. And I just want to say thank you for listening out there. It really does mean a lot. You know, from the people in Mountain View, California, to the whoever's listening in freaking Korea. Like, that's really freaking cool to know that people all around the world are listening. And I really appreciate it. Uh, you can follow the podcast at SOW underscore podcast on Twitter. You can follow Speaking of which on Facebook as well by looking up Speaking of which podcast. Don't really post much there. Go to the Twitter one; it's better. And you can follow myself at the underscore Rupal on Twitter and Instagram, like I said before. And make sure to follow everyone else on the podcast. Uh, follow Sam at Berserker Rose on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Weiss at Berserker Rose. <laughs> That's a bad joke, I know. But follow Weiss at Force Left Hander, DR, on Twitter, Instagram, and even his YouTube page. He posts his really funny uh amvs animated music videos and stuff like that and make sure to follow juan at voice of J. Rod on twitter and instagram and grov.com for his website and linkedin I, I think i'm gonna end this episode by by doing this don't wanna hear you say yes Shade!